Studios. This, this is After Nine with Scott and Cat. Hey, now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to After Nine. Another episode here. And before we get into this one, uh, talk about yesterday's. I got so many DMs, Cat, from people that are really, really struggling when it comes to making their mortgage mm-hmm. payments and stuff like that. And, and it's good because I got a couple of follow-ups in today's pod about yesterday's. So I'm going to start off with this. Equifax Canada, that's one of our big credit agencies, says credit demand was high in the first quarter of this year. It's the latest consumer credit report, and they found on average consumers are spending 21.5% more each month on their credit cards compared to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, You'll recall yesterday, we talked about uh, yesterday's, uh, well, let's say that again in English this time, Scott. Yesterday, (laughs) we talked about how uh, StatsCan says consumer spending was up in the first quarter, and that means the economy is hot. Well, maybe consumer spending was up, but the price of everything was up at the same time. And clearly people are not buying it in cash. They're buying it on their credit cards. So that's not good for the economy. And hopefully the Bank of Canada is paying attention to that. They say normally the first quarter brings a drop in non-mortgage debt because consumer spending slows down after the holidays. But this year, credit card balances continued to go up in January, February, and March. How about missed payments on mortgages? Missed payments on non-mortgage debts, these would be your credit cards and line of credit, up 20% year over year. 175,000 more consumers missed payments. And actually, that does include the mortgage numbers as well. One in five people are missing payments right now on either their line of credit, their credit cards, or their mortgage. There's a problem There's here. There's a problem. I think, yeah. I mean, we. All, it's funny because we all know it. And by we, I mean people who speak with one another on this all the time. And I don't know. Some people are a little more afraid to talk about it. And I totally understand. Money's a funny, funny thing, right? Some people are totally open and they can say, hey, I'm in some pretty big debt here. Or, hey, I have to cut back a lot because things are bad. Others are, they are not as uh, open with it. But a lot of people are struggling. That's for certain. Even the people who are there at that point of talking about it and asking to the point of asking for help. And for a lot of people, that's a big deal. For some people, asking for help means they truly have have no other choices but to reach out and, and try to ask for help. And we have people doing that right now, like way too many people uh, that need it. I feel for, I know the food banks are, are trying to keep up as well. I mean, doing whatever they can. The food banks can't pay your mortgage. The food banks can't pay a lot of other bills, but they're feeding families, which is great. And the, the need is up and up everywhere for everything. It's, uh, it's, it's insane. I mean, I don't know what, what the answer is in terms of what we can actually do right now, but man, I'd like to see that I'd like to see that come to an end. You are so spot on about that in that some people feel weird talking about it or embarrassed to talk about it. I think that's part of the reason that nobody's covering this story. They want people to feel like they're alone. It's easy when you hear nobody on the news talking about what's going on to think, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me that's struggling. Maybe I got to figure out my Mm -hmm. situation. You guys should know it's not just you. Pretty much the entire middle class is suffering. And I think this next DM that I got yesterday sums it up perfectly. Scott, I 100% agree with you and Kat on this Bank of Canada bullshit. We bought a house in December. We were going to use some leftover funds from the sale of our last house to fix up our house, the new one. Can't do it. We've had to take those funds and set them aside for when shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. We can't afford anything anymore, including some essentials. My wife is a nurse and works two jobs. I have a great job in technology. 
Our household income is decent, but we are so strapped. It's like we're swimming without a life vest and we are drowning. We mortgaged on a one-year term because we were hoping rates would drop and we didn't want to get tied down on a five-year with high rates. We're probably going to get fucked at renewal. Mm. Might even have to sacrifice my kids' sports. Right. Just might not be able to afford it this year. That's heartbreaking to me, by the Sacrifices way. Sacrifices suck. Like, nobody wants to have to make that choice. It, it does suck. Sacrificing certain things, absolutely. Like, hey, you can go without certain things that are... Are they necessary? No. But there are other things, especially when it comes to your kids. I get it. You don't want to cut corners on that. You don't want to make them miss out for something that's totally not their fault. So I feel for that person. That's too bad. Uh, Let's talk about the other thing that is definitely being noticed in the center of the country, where we are. Those wildfires are real. Just, uh, Just today, Southern Ontario, for the first time, is really going to experience the impact of the wildfires that are burning. We got a great update yesterday from the federal government. They say there are 424 wildfires burning across Canada right now. So far, fires have burned 36,000 square kilometers of land. That's an area five times the size of Banff National Park, more than the annual totals for all but four years in history. The most land ever burned in a single year was 46,000 kilometers back in 2014. Well, over the weekend, an average of 1,800 kilometers was being burned a day. So at that pace, 2023 will surpass 2014 in the next week. And we're not even at July yet. The smoke that people in Southern Ontario are smelling today is from the Quebec wildfires. The wind has shifted and it's blowing it from Quebec right down into Southern Ontario. Today, the sky in Ottawa looks orange. I don't know if you looked at the sunset last night, but it looked like it was being run through a weird Instagram filter. Yeah, Yeah, it is weird. And at first I thought, oh, that's cool. What kind of a special moon is that? Like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, that's just our air. (laughs) Just our air is weird. Should we be wearing a mask? Because I've honestly thought about it. I'm golfing today, and I honestly thought, maybe I should wear a mask because it doesn't seem like a good idea to be outside for five hours in this. Well, look, I mean, air quality control is is a thing, and anyone who does suffer from... You know what? They even say young kids. Young kids, at at a certain point with air quality... I just got a note, actually, from uh, a childcare provider that said... We're extra cautious about this right now. So if the the index is definitely reaching higher peaks, not because of the temperature, because of the smoke, so they're not letting kids out to play. So if that doesn't tell you something, right? I mean, yeah. be mindful of it, adults, because your 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 breath matters too. <laughs> your breathing definitely matters too, especially those who already suffer from something in terms of breathing, right? As I'm thinking of those with asthma, even those I suppose maybe those with allergies will be affected more so. I don't know, but everything uh, kind of is affected a little bit more. Hey, this is a really good time if you're interested in getting into a career in firefighting or police work because the police forces are all doing a major recruitment blitz. And just yesterday, the feds announced more federal funding for local firefighters, particularly in the areas where they may have to go and battle wildfires. I'm almost wondering if now at this point in 2023, when we know that we need to just to meet our NATO obligations, invest more money into our military. Maybe we should create forest firefighting as a division of the armed forces, and we should just invest in a whole bunch of water bombers. And right around this time of year, every year, they go out and soak every forest in Canada every time we go through a drought. I don't know enough about it, but I will say I'd like to take a look at what other places when it comes to, I think of California. Honestly, when I think of the wildfires burning and stuff like that, I think of California because that happens a lot to them. 
what's in motion for them, right? Are we doing all the right things here in Canada? Can we take note from other cities, other states, um, it's things that we could do in different provinces and in different countries? And you hope you don't need it every year. Oh my gosh, you hope you don't need it. There, we've had really wet springs and summers where this hasn't been even close to an issue. But this has obviously been a little dry the last few weeks, and that hasn't helped. Well, listen, I just think that we need to invest in the armed forces anyway. I mean, there was a crazy report yesterday that some of our soldiers over in Latvia are having to buy their own helmets and their own belts and protective gear because of underfunding and under-equipment. So we have to spend some money on them anyway. Trump created a whole new division of the American armed forces when he created the Space Force. I don't think we need a Space Force. I wouldn't mind a Forest Force. And you know what? If, if we don't happen <laughs> we, to... We could also get the aliens in the forest. You never know. You never know. You Maybe know we'll find are. that fucking UFO that they, we shot down over the Yukon. They're not always in the sky. So why don't we do this? Let's create a whole new branch of the Canadian armed forces. And when these wildfires break out, boom, these guys will fight the fires and or coordinate fighting the fires with local firefighters. Now, when we don't happen to have a forest fire problem, which is about seven, eight months a year, they could be assisting other countries fight their forest fires because, as you know, there's other countries in another hemisphere that get summertime differently than ours. I think it's a win-win-win. It checks a lot of boxes, but we'll see if our friends in Ottawa uh, decide to make a change. I'm going to run a couple more stories by you here, Kat, that are making headlines today. A 21-year-old man who went over a waterfall and a serious waterfall near Thunder Bay to rescue a dog says he's lucky to be alive. Dillian Dubray had to be taken to hospital on Sunday after he jumped into the water at Middle Falls to save his girlfriend's family dog. The dog was struggling against the current. Now, this guy was able to push the dog to shore, so the dog's fine. But the guy got carried by the current and went over the waterfall. Holy moly. Apparently, he ended up, when they finally fished him out of the water, on the U.S. side of the border, his friend jumped to the water below to help get him out. I mean, he almost died saving his girlfriend's dog. I hope there's a second date. <laughs> I hope there's a second was date. Was that a first date? I don't know if it was a first uh, or not. That would have been crazy if it was a first date. Not a lot of people yeah, would do that. No, not a lot of people. Like, I mean, you understand why. This could have ended really, 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 really tragically. For the dog, absolutely. For or for the person. For both. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. They could both have fallen over and things could have gotten bad. It could have been one of those, well, that was stupid uh, scenarios. Thankfully for him and thankfully for the dog, it wasn't. And thankfully for her. And I agree with you. Absolutely. Uh, you, you get him something special. You get him something special. That's really, really nice. But who wouldn't jump? I mean, I don't know. I think about my instincts if I saw a dog like paddling, treading, trying to get through. Like, oh, I think there's a lot of people who instinctually, like they're not going to just watch it happen. Like there's a lot of people who would who would jump in or try to do something, right? I agree. And, and for me, I look at outcomes, do a quick analysis on the situation. I might opt not to jump in the water myself, but to, I don't know, find a long stick that the dog can grab onto with its mouth or with something. Its fam- with its thumbs. Well, because the last thing you want is for both people grab to go on, over. dog, grab on. You can't have both. What's your pe- problem? Dog and a person go over, so. <laughs> I- that's what I mean, right? I mean, you got to, but for him, it was worth it, right? He it, saved it, the dog. It, that's the thing. It, it, it worked out okay and everyone's fine. It all depends on who it was, right? Our friends at Waterloo Regional Police say a pair of boa constrictors were found loose in a car that had a small child in it during a traffic stop in Kitchener over the weekend. Officers pulled over the vehicle on Ottawa Street on Saturday morning. There was a 35-year-old woman driving. 
even though she had a suspended license and she only had a G1 anyway, and she was not accompanied by a licensed driver. So police thought, all right, see what's going on here. Driving under suspension. Mm, Get out of the car. She gets out. They search the car. They found the young child in the back, and, and the child was strapped in. There wasn't really a concern there. But there was a concern in that they also found 30 grams of fentanyl. Yeah, that is a concern. And two large, uncontained boa constrictor snakes. These were big snakes, cat. I'm sorry, but you gave a fuck enough to buckle your child up when you're not supposed to be driving, but fine. You buckled your child up, but then you just let boa constrictors run, run, run wild and fentanyl out? You fucking idiot. <laughs> tell me that she has no custody of this child anymore. Like, oh. tell me that they took this woman far away from that kid. Funny, I was, uh, I got a number of messages about that when I retweeted that story yesterday. A lot of people want to know what's going on with the kid. I assume mom was arrested because it seems like she was breaching a few conditions in the first place. So I would assume that the child is somewhere safe. I would hope that the child yeah, is somewhere yeah, safe. for sure. I don't know that she's going to lose her kid over this. I, I, I really don't. I mean, once she's done with dealing with the legal aspect of these charges... I don't know that they're going to take the kids away, but there's a lot of people who think, wow, that was completely reckless and dangerous what you'd done. You could have killed yourself, somebody, your kid could have been killed. There's any number of things that could have gone wrong here, but I don't think they're going to take the kid away. That's that's a shit. Like, I, I know, I understand second chances are can be a thing, and there's people who have turned their lives around, and let's say kids are involved, and eventually they'll be able to be with their kids again, and maybe that's all well and good. But God, I hope that doesn't happen anytime soon for this woman. You have to be like, you have to be really inconsiderate. And where the fuck did those boa constrictors come from? Was that like their house family pets? I don't know. I mean, I get the impression they were pets. I, I don't know that she was necessarily using them as security to protect her drug supply. Well, that's the thing. Like, did she usually like unleash like, her snakes for a ride? Get a pit bull like everybody else that's protecting their drugs. You don't need to do boa constrictors. But she, uh... Yeah, she had two snakes. It's I, just so maybe irresponsible. Pets. And with the kid, too. Not only, and I'm not just talking to the snakes, the fentanyl. Like, no. Like, you don't deserve a kid. Why, like, it pisses me off that just anybody can have kids. It really does. One of the things we talked about on our radio shows today is what's happening over in Finland. The story is great. It's a person who was caught speeding. He was going about 80 in a 50. His fine was $129,544 for going 30 over the limit. Here, that would be between two and $300 a fine. This guy got $130,000 Canadian fine. And the reason is simple. Over there, they tie the fines to your income so that it truly is teaching you a lesson. Uh, some rich people could go out and get a $200 fine. They don't give a shit. 200 bucks is nothing for them. But for someone who's lower income, maybe on ODSP or something like that, that's a pretty substantial fine. They can't afford to just fork out 200 Mm -hmm. bucks. So the proposal is, and this is one that we've been talking about in Canada for a number of years now, that when you get a fine, it's not a set amount. The judge will decide. And the judge will look and say, oh, you're a student. You have a part-time student income. You make about, uh, I don't know, 15 grand a year. Your fine's going to be 100 bucks. Don't do it again. But if you're making about 100,000 or 150,000, your fine's going to be more like 1500 because you can afford it and that's the amount that would punish you. Should justice be equal for all or should it be equally proportionate for all is the question. I Okay, so my question would be, do people pay it? Are Their people, fines? Yeah. Are people paying it? So let's say douchebag who makes 150k is driving too fast. Gets a t- gets a fine, and then the fine is 150k. Is he paying it? 
What's the punishment if he doesn't? What's uh, the, what are the insurance? Because I know a lot of townships, cities, et cetera. There's a lot of people who owe a lot of money out there and they're still fucking driving their cars. Okay. So how tight are we on this? Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I do happen to know that that's a big problem. And the government, it's shocking that they haven't figured out how to do this. You're supposed to not be able to renew your driver's yeah. license. And then if you get pulled over, you're driving with a suspended license. And then that gets into a whole world of other charges. I don't know why we can't quite enforce it here, but they seem to have something in place there where people pay their fines. This isn't even the first time this guy's been caught. In 2018, he was fined 63,680 euros. That's about 68 grand. And he was fined 102,000 Canadian five years before that. All in, this guy's in for a quarter million dollars in fines. In reality, that would probably be under $1,000 if everybody paid the same amount. But because this guy makes more, he has to pay more, and he's had about a quarter million. Uh, don't feel bad for him, by the way. He is the chairman of a holding company that includes businesses in logistics, helicopter services, real estate, oh, trade, and wow, tourism. Wow. See, and like for me, speed kills. So I understand that um, to an extent, though. I mean, if you're talking they are speeding like excessively. Um, yeah, I, I'm all for it. Punish as best you can. If you're drunk driving, fucking right. Punish as best you can. There should be bigger. I'm, I'm a fan of bigger punishments for that right now here. Uh, but I think it all depends. Like if someone's going like, I don't know, 20 over the limit. It's a, it's a bit much. Yeah. It's a bit much. I, I still think there should be a 20 forgiveness. I think that police should not even pull you over until you're doing more than 20 over the limit. And if you're doing 20 or less, not even a fine. I heard it's 15. Okay, so. Right? I mean, that's the number they'll never tell you is accurate. But police friends of mine tell me the magic number really is 15 if they're even going to bother pulling you over. Because there's bigger fish to fry. So let's say you're on an expressway or something and it's 80. And you're caught doing 95, 96. They're probably going to let it slide and find someone who's doing 100. Because they'd rather make sure that they get the big, bigger fish, essentially. Yeah. You are a smaller fish in a pond full of, you know, some who get along well with the police and are doing the speed limit and others who they just want to fry. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that 15 is where the demerit points kick in as yeah. well. So that's why people feel that that's like the threshold. I think it is. I, I just think that if you're going anywhere under 120 on one of the 400 series highways, they're not even going to bother with you. However, no. if you're going more than 20 over the limit, yeah. you get charged for all of those kilometers that you're going over the limit. Right. Know what I mean? Right. So it's really a difference in where we pull people over. Where it is. Yeah. Where it is matters. In any case. That's like if it's a school zone we're talking about, whoa, you're fucked. Oh. And, and so you should be. If you're doing like like whatever it is, I guess it'd be 60 and a 40. I know some are 30 now. So <laughs> all it takes is like a 50 and a 30 now um, to get in trouble. Then, you know, it's, it's all relative, I think, to where you are. I agree. I kind of feel like if you're stunt driving in a school zone, that should be a full-blown criminal Oh, absolutely. Charge. You should go to jail. Impound the car, go to jail. Yep. I mean, that kind of reckless attitude yeah. towards society, especially our most vulnerable members of society, yeah. we just can't allow that. Uh, scientists have developed a robot chef that can recreate recipes by watching cooking videos. Oh, this is AI, isn't it? Yes, it is, Kat. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of these AI things sneaking up on us. The robot chef can recreate recipes by watching cooking videos. Researchers at the University of Cambridge in the UK have programmed a machine to make a meal by following how humans do it. Using sophisticated AI, the robot is able to work out from every frame which object 
it's looking at, like vegetables, a hand, a knife, a counter, a cutting board, and how it's being used. Over time, it's then able to identify which ingredients work better together, even though robots cannot taste. They say even one, one pointed out that the human chef may have used the wrong amount. The robots are already correcting the humans. Yeah, screw you. Sit down. I'm going to take your job. Robotic chefs have been featured in science fiction for decades, but in reality, cooking is a challenging problem for a robot. However, the new evolution of AI allows it to happen. I, uh, I'll sign up for that. I'll sign up for that all day long. You're telling me that there's a machine that I can just stick in my kitchen and I can just tell it what I want. I don't even have to be that specific. I can say, I want Mexican tonight. And this robot, based on the videos it's seen and what it's learned as AI, will know. Okay, so we're going to need some cilantro. We're going to need this. We're going to need that. Blah, blah, blah. Then it's going to chop it. It's going to cook it. And it's going to plate it for you. Yeah. This is what we need yeah. AI for. Not screwing around writing well, essays so you guys can not fail your tests. It's for cooking. It's going to be for everything. Like you realize that. So I think I've mentioned this before. My brother is a computer engineer. So he goes to all of the all of the expos and the cons across in across the world. And he's recently was in Germany and he's been to London. He goes to all of them. And what he sent me, the videos that he sent me more recently would freak you right the fuck out, Scott. The, one of the AI companies is working on a robot that looks so realistic to a living person, it will stun you. It's a man. He's sitting in a chair, and you could just have a conversation with him. The way his arms move, it's human. Like, he looks like a human man. If you just took a glance at it, it's a human guy. He can tell you things. He can talk to you, whatever it is. It is a human-like companion, and I've never seen anything more real. And he showed me a video of, like, him talking to him. It would freak you out. A dog. Robot dogs as well are a thing. I've seen those. Yeah. Those are wild because they're so agile. They can like climb the roof yeah. of a building well, in no time. And the purpose of them is they do things for you. They can grab things for you. If you set up your home a certain, God, you have to be, at this point you have to be rich, but but eventually that's not going to happen, right? You're going to be able to get a dog like you can get a dog now, a robot dog. And they can get things for you and they literally will fetch things for you. You don't even need a dog and you don't need to clean up the mess of a dog. Like all these things. Wait, it's can the robot up. clean up the dog's mess? Can the, Maybe. I'm sure it can. That'd be great. Unless he wanted to take out the dog because he'd be jealous of all the affection the, do the real dog got. AI can't be jealous, can it? Oh, this is what I mean. Oh, how it do may you be know? someday. How, how do you know? Because like you mentioned, what did that AI machine, chef machine thing learn? What, even though it can't taste... It figured out what makes sense. Yeah. Even though this thing isn't really built to have feelings, it will eventually have feelings. It's like the movie with Joaquin Phoenix and and, and Char, um, Charlotte Johansson, right? Eventually she had feelings. She got an orgasm for fuck's sakes. This shit's scary. I'm telling you. But it's also very useful and I'm interested in some of what you just I'm said. I'm so interested <laughs> in it, Kat. I'm also interested in making my life easier by having a robot butler. Thank you very much. Did you see the launch of the new Apple virtual goggle oh glasses God. things yesterday? I thought it was a joke. It reminds me of the Google glasses. Yeah. It reminds me of the Google Very glasses. Similar. Like the Because, A, you look dorky wearing it. These are humongous, though. They look like ski goggles. Yeah. No one's walking around public with them. This is meant for home use, right? I, I mean, initially, I see a time where you're going to be driving with them on, and the augmented reality of driving is going to... Everything that you control will be done with your eyes and your your hands. You won't even need to use the steering wheel. I mean, that will eventually be the evolution of this. You'll wear it for just about everything. I don't like it. I could sit in a room with you, and we would both still be wearing glasses. 
to accommodate the situation that we're in. I think these are going to be very common, but right now they're $3,500 U.S. Even then they look stupid. Like, it's not even like they're sleek and nice. Like, not that I can come up with anything more sleek than that. I can't. But they look dumb. I know there's people who are interested, though, that are, like, lining up to buy this thing. And, and they will sell out. The first launch will sell out. Yep. But will they last? Will you see them in public? Will people actually find them useful? I don't know what the answer is. Some people are already co- commenting that it probably will give you a headache if they haven't really said how much it weighed. Or did they eventually say how much it weighed I think on it's, your head? I think it's under six pounds. That's a lot. That's still a lot. Under six? Yeah, yeah it's that's a lot. Still, like, if it's five pounds, that's still a decent amount in your head. If you suffer from headaches, migraines, or something, you're not doing that. Okay, but what I'm trying to figure out is you put these goggles on and then essentially you've got a screen in front of you, but it's not a real screen. It's an augmented reality screen. And the same way your phone works or your Mac works, there's apps. So you'll just be wearing the goggles and you'll see your menu come up. You can just in the air reach out and tap something like click it or or you can drag something and move it on your screen. So if I want to say check the weather, I can put my goggles on and my screen's there in front of me, and then I just tap the air, and it's going to call up that app. <laughs> and we all look like idiots. And then I can see the forecast, but I'm thinking, I'm surrounded by screens. I don't need a virtual screen. I'm not quite sure what this does it was, it's gonna interfere. that's making my life easier. It's interfering with everything. I'm, I don't think we're ever going to get used to anything like that. VR is one thing, because you're sitting there for a purpose of playing a game. So if you have a VR system at home, first of all, badass, it's fun. A friend of mine has it, it's fun to play. You can do all kinds of things, but you're setting yourself up for it. Kind of like you're playing your PlayStation or you're playing your Xbox, you're sitting down getting ready to play a game. This is supposed to be, they say, an everyday thing. I'm not... I'm not walking around looking for my goggles on top of the fact I got my phone in my hand. Like you said, we're surrounded by screens. So I got my phone in my hand. I got this on. And then someone calls me and then my, oh, my office computer over here. I got to do something on that. I got to take the goggles off for that maybe because maybe I'm not comfortable doing my office stuff on there. I just don't see it happening or fitting in with our mold right now anytime soon. Eventually, I do think these will be very helpful and very useful. I think driving is a great example of how I think that office work can be a lot more efficient with it. But... I just don't think we're there yet, and and ironically, now, when I don't have a use for it, it's too expensive. I think when I do have a use for it, they'll have come down a little bit in price. So, if you can wait, I know some people can't. New tech, they gotta get it. If you can wait, I'd probably wait, because it's gonna get cheaper eventually. There was a time when you could buy a Blu-ray player for four or five thousand right? dollars, and then eventually they went down to like two hundred bucks, and everybody had one. On that note, it's so funny. I was just talking to someone the other day about the Fast and Furious movies, and it really, really age you and reali- it make you realize how far we've come with technology. Because the first movie, it was a truck full of DVD players that was worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars that they were trying to hijack. Now it's just a joke, right? Nobody even has a DVD like, player no, anymore. Nobody gives a shit. So anyway, that that's how far we, we come in technology. You're absolutely right. And the, that robot chef eventually will come down in price. So hang out for that too. One last thing. I love this list because it's something that we can all take a, po- a position on. Ranker has come up with the top 10 things that people think they're good at, but they're really not very good at it. And the number one thing that they say people say they're good at when they really aren't is being a good listener. Uh, what'd you say? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Fuck, you almost huh? had me. I was you ready thought to go, so? what? Pay attention. Um, no, I think that that's, sure, a good listener is one that you hear all the time. Especially, that is not one of the ones that you would put in business too? Like, oh, I'm great at listening to feedback uh-huh. and, and working on it based on what I hear. I mean, it's a bullshit. 
Sure. It's for also, some people. Some people actually are. And, and some people use that like, uh, I'm going to be a good friend and I know such and such is going through something and, hey, come talk to me. I'm a good listener. Are you actually a good listener? Because people also say things like, oh, I'm great at giving advice. And they give shitty advice. Sometimes you, <laughs> Sometimes people just don't realize or they don't care enough to follow through on that thing that they're good at. But number two, I agree with wholeheartedly. The vast majority of people believe they are a good driver, and all the evidence I see on a daily basis is that is not true. Yeah. Do people, like, walk around bragging about it, or do they just think, oh, you know what, though, that makes sense, because when you think about it, you're on the road and they're shitty drivers, I don't think they realize how shitty they are. No. There's some people that, like, cross over into your lane and cross back, and then you go and you catch up to them, you're like, you fucking idiot, and you look over, and it's like, they have no idea that just happened. They're so bad that they don't even know they're bad. That's what makes it interesting. Number three is staying out of the drama. Oh, I stay out of the drama. I do. Do you? Because I kind of feel like even bragging about that is to create more drama. Is there a difference between staying out of the drama and just enjoying other people's drama? I hope so, because I love other people's yeah, drama. that's the thing, right? But I do make an effort to not create my own. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't want to be part of the drams, but I want to hear all about your drams. Being humble. If you're bragging about, about being, being good humble. at being humble, I don't think you're very humble. That is not humble. Singing. Some people need to hear it. Some people need to hear oh, it. Oh, shit. Some people are bad singers that think they're good singers. You're right. You're a shitty singer. Some people just need to hear that. I used to, I worked with, <laughs> I worked with a guy once that, um, we had a karaoke party for some f- God awful reason. Someone thought it'd be good team building to do a karaoke work party. The world needs less team building activities. <laughs> Fuck him. You want to bring us together. Stop doing this shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so he gets, he's like, uh, he's been talking, he'd been talking about how good of a singer he was forever, but he didn't sing for anyone. And then finally it came, the day came and we had this karaoke party and it was so, he sang boys to men. And to this day, I will, I've never heard those notes sing before. Oh. They're not even notes. Like they didn't uh. register. <laughs> it was really bad. And then he did like an extra long version. Where, ah, 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 like, oh, it was so fucking bad. And then at the end, everyone's like, Good job. Like, what are we supposed to say to that? Parenting is another one that people Mm. think they're good at, but a lot of them really aren't. Being honest. It's a weird thing to brag about, but I guess there are some people that I'm an honest person. Yeah, I do pride myself in being honest. You do. Yeah. I would say I'm not going to walk around. I'm the most honest person. There's things that I definitely keep to myself for sure, but I'm an honest person. We mentioned this one earlier. Giving good advice. Some Uh. people are not good at giving good advice. Sometimes the advice people give you is not going to work. Sometimes it's just to benefit them and not you at all. Yes, that's true. They have ulterior motives sometimes. I think the person who's looking for any advice needs to understand who are you asking and why are you asking them? Look to someone who you know might have the answer based on what they do day to day. If you have a question about a relationship, talk to someone that, that has been in a good relationship that seems like a good partner. Don't go to someone who is whatever, like hates relationships or whatever it is. Like, you know who to go to. You wouldn't come to me and ask me for advice on planning a wedding because I hate weddings and I'd probably tell you not to do it anyway. Exactly. I'm not going to ask you about uh, how much you love Niagara white wines because you don't. (laughs) 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 I don't know. Just like, it's true, right? Just like you wouldn't ask, anyone wouldn't ask me advice on the best golf swing. You're going to ask Scott that question. But anyway, in a serious note though, because some people ask for advice on really serious matters, go to someone that makes sense, right? Perfect way to say it. Uh, Two more. Looking cool. 
Looking cool. Some people think they're like the oh, king shit in the fashion my God. world. Okay. And they're really not. I, I was just reminded of, ready? All these memories are flooding back to me with this segment. Um, I had a teacher. I'll give you an example. There was a teacher in high school. She wanted to be cool with the kids. And she used to wear, we used to make fun of her because she used to like wear clothes as if she was 16 years old. And she was definitely like a 40 year old woman. Ah. So that might be a good example. Like, oh, I'm cool. I can kick it with the kids. Like one of those people. Like, <laughs> no, kick you know what? No, you're kids. like, it's okay. To, you can be fashionable. You just don't have to try to pretend to be somebody else. And I think that's where the problem lies, right? Communicating is number 10. Some people think they're good at it and they're not really great communicators. But I want to add just a couple to this list here because as we were doing it on the radio shows today, it occurred to me, there's a lot of people who think they're good at sex. Or kissing. And kissing that are not good kissers and not good at sex. Okay. Somebody's got to tell them at some point. You're not doing that well, right. Remember when? I, remember when? Anytime we brought this up, we've always said there should be like a review system afterwards. Yes. It would kill people though. It'd be terrible. Like we actually shouldn't. But if there was a review system or a feedback system, so nobody else could see it was private, you could rate them in private. Like send me a review. Like two out of five stars. What the fuck? Huh. You know what I mean? Cooking. A lot of people think they're a good cook. Oh, yeah. Listen, just because you made a grilled cheese and figured it'd be cool to stick some chicken nuggets in it does not make you Gordon fucking Ramsay. It's a bad idea. So, did someone do that? Someone, of course, did that. I'm Actually, sure they did. I, I saw it in an Instagram video. And oh, they, really? They called it a hack. Get the hell That's out of here. Not, do people, can people really... Don't I don't think they know what hack means. What hack means? That's not, not a hack. You're actually making more work and you're making it shitty. <laughs> Their job. How many people do you know that think they're king shit and they really suck at their job? And it's so funny when you hear a perspective from someone they actually work with, because it's easy to brag about that when it's someone you don't, when you don't know what they do, right? It's like, I could meet someone who's a project engineer for a whatever, I don't know, biotech company. I don't even know if that's a thing. And I'm sitting there and I meet them at a wedding and they say, oh yeah, I'm really good at what I do. How the fuck would I know? But then you could talk to that colleague of that person. They're like, they are the worst. We had to clean up their mess constantly. (laughs) They are rude. Like all those things, right? And on that, we got to go. This is actually the last pod this week, I think. I don't think you're going to do one uh, tomorrow or Thursday or Friday, I don't think so. Okay, so. I don't. Sorry, guys. There's 905 past episodes if you want to go through the archives. Uh, The reason I'm not going to be here is simple. Just so you know, I love my job like you wouldn't believe, but not as much as I love my kids. And my daughter's graduating from university on Thursday. Yeah, it's exciting. I'll be flying out to the University of British Columbia tomorrow to cheer her on and and be the first hug she gives after she gets that diploma, which is, I think everyone knows, the end of a lot of years of work. And I also want to see it through. I was at the kindergarten grad. I was at the grade eight grad. I was at the high school grad. I got to go to this one. You can't miss this finale for now, right? Until the next big event of her life comes up. Oh, fuck. If she goes for a PhD, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Imagine that's what she tells you. I can't afford it. (laughs) She's going to announce it in front of like everybody. It'll be great. And I want my master's. And the drama. No! No, I'm really proud of her. I think the world needs more girl scientists, and that's exactly what they're going to get as of Thursday. So congrats, hon. And uh, she listens to the pod, so I guess I will. She? Fantastic. I'll see you uh, tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. I um And and yeah, I've been going, th- speaking of daughters, just because so, I'm really honest with the pod here, my daughter's once again back at the hospital and stuff like that. So just in, just in case, before people get mad at me and DM, like, why don't you just do a podcast? Honestly, I've got a lot of shit on my plate right now, so that's one of the reasons why. But everything is good. Good, all is good. Um, and join us if you're listening to this 
on the day we record, Dave Blizzard. You know Dave Blizzard is going to join me on the show on 91.5 The Beat. That's out of Kitchener-Waterloo and area or Energy 95.3. And we're going to have a lot of fun on there. So you can uh, join us then. Have a great time off, Scott. We'll chat with you all later.